and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things relating to your well-being, ranging from nutrition to physical and mental health and my five-minute food facts series. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host and nutritionist with a passion for well-being. Before I introduce today's guest, I'll mention that although I will often be speaking with experts, any information or advice provided in Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast is not intended to be used to treat, cure or prevent injuries, disease or medical conditions and is not a substitute for advice from your own health professional. Today I am here with Beck Butler. Beck is an endurance athlete, an adventurer and the owner of a dedicated trail running shop called BKT Trail. I'm really excited to speak with Beck today because she has done some incredible races, incredible because of the location and incredible because of the difficulty. So I can't wait to hear about that. Beck, um, welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast and thank you for being here. Amanda, thank you so much. So we are going to talk all things running today and I'd like to start by chatting about trail running. So Beck, I know you've done some amazing adventurous races, but before we dive into that, let's go back to the beginning. So have you always loved running? Always. Yes. Always. Ever since. I don't remember ever not liking running. So probably, yeah, I was one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did your parents run? Yeah. Right. My, not, um, they just also just ran in in that they weren't competing or anything, but running was what you did yeah they just enjoyed it Mm. yeah so when I was playing hockey all through school and I would run with my dad a lot but even before that we lived out in the country area of Mount Gambier and I think everyone in my family just Just, ran down the road yeah there was a particular tree that we ran to and then we'd run back again (laughs) oh that's great so you've basically you've never not run never not run Yeah. yeah um so one of my questions was what sparked the passion but it seemed like it was just what you for did. you, just yeah. what you did. Like yeah, just I every... can't get my head around why people stop. Because, yeah. because it's a stopping. Because mm. we all run and at some yeah. point people stop. That's true. And I don't all understand. kids run. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we look at kids and go, the kids are not running and go, what's wrong with them? Yeah. But now we look at the person who is, is running and go, what's wrong with them? And it's just like, <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I know. Although it is pretty popular, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I know that you love running on trails. Um, yeah. Do, what is it about the trails as opposed to running on the road that you love? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind road either. I don't mind running anywhere. Yeah. Running is running. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I'm quite happy to run anywhere. Um, I've lived often near trails mm-hmm. and now I live sort of near lots of country roads. I'm on lots of dirt roads. Um, but I guess what takes you to the trails, I grew up bushwalking and yeah. always camping. So um that was kind of a bit of a no-brainer to get sort of back out there. And yeah. also, I think probably the trails was that was where ultra-endurance, yeah. my familiarity was with ultra-endurance. So to me, roads was marathons and yes. then going further um, was the trails. Yeah. Yeah, they were the races and the places that I knew. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I'd known maybe more about comrades or things like bad water I might have oh I kind of knew from bad water from the beginning but I would have been I mean I'm quite happy I'd run bad water and I think that would be awesome and that's all road yeah yeah that's true it is all road sounds hard though so what 
is a typical running week for you? Like, do you run every day or certain days or yeah, do you have a plan? Day. You yeah. run every day? I did have a plan. I had coached for a lot of years yeah. and then I kind of went, right, I've got this. Um, and then I'd run every day. And that's sort of more about consistency and mm. habit forming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, good for mental health too. There's not, you don't, you don't ever have a day of going, I don't feel like running today yeah. or this isn't going to be one of those days. You just get up and it doesn't matter if you don't even go out that far. Like, Everyone says that when you go out and have a run, you always feel better when you get back. But I've gone out um, and gone, I'm just not feeling it. Mm. And there'd be a few Ks in, I go, I just don't want to do this. Yeah. And I come home and I'm really happy about that decision. Yeah. So it's okay to feel like crap as well when you go out there. But the everyday thing is that's the best way to get consistency and form a habit. That's really good advice, actually. I I mean, I haven't ever sort of looked at it that way. I've approached it more as okay Monday I run and then Wednesday I do this and yeah you know as a but at the moment I'm training for triathlon so obviously a bunch of different stuff yeah heaps of different disciplines yeah yeah yeah. and do you do any other do you do any complementary strength training or Pilates or that kind of thing I do I get to the gym when I can a few times a week and I've got a bike on a trainer and I do a bit of downhill mountain biking but not as much as what I would love to Mm. um but I have a bike but I go to yoga um I live up in Nan, so I go to yoga a couple of times a week, which I adore. And that's Excellent. kind of lots of stretch therapy. That's amazing. That's probably my favourite thing to yep. do. And a meditation class, which I think is also great. Yeah, that's also part of that as well. So yeah, so I guess the strength work and yoga and some bike. Work. Oh, you're doing a lot <laughs> from yeah. the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, sometimes I think I could do a little bit. Yeah, more. I guess we all think that. But yes, yeah, the yoga part is probably the most. The yoga slash um, stretch therapy is yeah. probably the best that I do. And what ends up happening with that, so I do that a couple of times a week because you're feeling so good. Mm-hmm. You're, every day I come back from a run, I do stretch therapy, yoga, and meditate every day because that all feels so good. Yes. It's just part of my everyday. So yeah. running, yoga, stretch therapy, meditation is kind of all together yep. now. But I get up and run with my Kelpie every single morning. So she's got that habit as well. Yep, so we take great. off every single morning together. What time do you do this? Uh, the alarm goes off at 4.30. I was going to say, yeah. you seem to be fitting a lot in here. Yeah, there's <laughs> so, a lot that happens before yeah. I start the, yeah. Yeah, the computer day of work. Yeah. And the, 4.30. Yeah. Do you go to bed early? Yeah, I do. Like now I start getting a bit sleepy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> No. Um, um, I'm not early enough. Like, uh, yeah, nine o'clock is like, oh, this is getting a bit late. Mm. But I really, it should be earlier. Yeah. yeah. It's hard though, isn't it? Because, you know, you want to have the dinner and yeah, you've got the, downtime. the family as yeah. well, haven't you? So Yeah, I've got grown-up children now. So they're not with me, but my partner oh, okay. and that's kind of our nice time together. Yes. Or even when he's not there, when he's at work, it's still my time that the world has closed off for the day. Yes. Yeah, and we all get that, don't we? So having those day, having that time is really kind of important. And then sometimes going to bed pretty tired is kind of a bit more conducive to having a really good solid yes. sleep as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah, mm. yeah. If we then start talking about some of the races you've done, because you've done some amazing ones, I'd love to hear about the Marathon de Sable, which is um, an international, your first international event, yeah. I believe. And I've watched lots of docos about this and I'm absolutely yeah. fascinated. So I'm really thrilled to be sitting here with someone who's actually done it. So 
For people that don't know what it is, can you tell us all the basics, for example, where it is, how long it is, how many days, all those things? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, Yeah, the Marathon de Saab is pretty special for all of us that went to it in the year that I went to it and probably special for a lot of other people. Um, It's like the grandfather of multi-stage races. Mm. So as far as I'm aware, it's the first. It's quite famous, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly famous. It's put together with pretty much close to perfection. So it's put together really, really well um, and has a massive, a huge following, but and there's lots of literature about it. So Mm. when you're getting ready to go, there's so much reading that you can do um, about people have been there, but way more importantly about what gear to take. And I think that's what really set me up for everything else I've done since was that I got all my gear pretty much spot on straight away. So it's set in March, April every year. Um, April, I'd have to say, because it was on my, I was out there when it was my birthday. Um, it's just been postponed though to September oh, because of the coronavirus. Yeah, oh, what yeah. A shame. Mm. Yeah, big shame. Just knowing some people that were heading out there, that's yeah. really devastating for them. But um, and you're in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you get make your way down to Wazazat, and then you all stay at a hotel, and you start. I didn't know. I didn't know anyone. Like mm. I didn't know a single person when I got there, but we there was four tents, so four times eight people, 32, 30, yeah, about 30 maybe Australian and New Zealanders. So we kind of got to know each other yeah. a little bit, I guess, before we went out there and took a bus ride out um, to what would be the, the first bivouac. Mm-hmm. And at that first bivouac, there is teams from all over the world, but all massive French contingent and right. Well, how, big, how many altogether? I think do you about know? A thousand. Oh, lots. I'm yeah. pretty oh, that's sure more than there's I just thought. over a thousand. Yeah. Mm. I haven't got that wrong. Like it's not like. Oh, three, I can check. Like that. it's not Don't. like three hundred or something. I got yeah. that really wrong. I do think there was quite an yeah because it's massive. Yeah. Um, and we, you stay out there in it's a tent, but it's like a fabric roof Mm. and then on a carpet and there's about eight of us in each tent and it's a race that is about 250 something kilometers and you do that in stages so Mm -hmm. stage one stage two and stage three over the first three days is they roughly about 30 kilometers um and then the fourth and fifth day is your long stage which Mm -hmm. is 80 something kilometers um, and then the final day is the marathon day, yeah. which is 42. Point, well, I don't know if I think maybe 42.195. Yeah. And then the f- and then that's kind of the finish yes. and you get your medal. But the next day is the unity day. So you put on a T-shirt, a UNICEF T-shirt, and you have a unity walk um, into where the buses are. We're still out in the oh, desert. Nice. I love that. That was 7Ks. It is pretty tricky, though, because you go to other multi-stages and you really compare it to this format. Mm. So what I loved about this format was you had three great days to start with and then you really, you know, I was scared about that. I was shitting myself about oh, that yeah, long day. That was a distance I'd not ever run before. And the other thing is, before you go on, the thing that makes it really hard, not just the distance, but the terrain Yeah. and the temperature, right? Yeah, it's like 50 degrees yeah. out there. but. That for Australians, when we travel overseas for races and they say it's going to be really hot, 
that's an advantage for Australians. Yeah. We, even though it's hot for us, um, we are at an advantage. We can deal with the heat much better than lots of other countries. Yeah. So we're pretty good with that. But the, and the, the neck, yeah, another really hard thing is that you're carrying your pack, which can be about eight kilos. And when, is it true that you have to carry everything? Everything. Yeah. So in my pack, I would have all my food for the, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven days. So all my food for seven days. So you're running calorie deficient. Yeah. Um, and that was really tricky knowing what worked. Like I wanted to be super, super, super healthy out there. So yeah. I was taking out these protein shakes back then that were like fermented sprouted seeds. I had to hold my nose when I took it. <laughs> and out there was so, such a bad idea. And now there's so much really beautiful, yummy, really yeah. healthy stuff I could have taken out. Um, dehydrated food and a little tiny, tiny little cooker with a little um, square fuel um, tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have to take that. Some people would get their um, de- re- rehydrate their food by pouring water into it and then sticking it out in the sun. Um, I know this sounds abysmal, doesn't it? Yeah. But, and I, we were like, no, these, these little burners are so tiny and we get the benefit of having a warm meal yeah. and a hot drink in the morning. So if you're having coffee, like yeah. that's oh, something yeah. that you just want to have. Yeah, and I it really imagine. Sort of st- yeah, definitely. So you're carrying that, you're carrying your sleeping bag, um, a sleeping mat if you want it, but a sleeping mat can be absolutely tiny mm. and a pillow if you need to have that. And that's they, these are all blow up and ultra, ultra lightweight. Yeah. Um, any change of clothes. So my change of clothes, actually, there was no change of clothes. I think I took a spare pair of undies. So I had two pair of undies. <laughs> That's incredible. And, yeah, and two pairs of socks for the whole week. Wow. Um, and just thermal top and bottom and probably a rain jacket. And that was it. So yeah. if it was going to be really cold out there. The first night, I remember putting on all my gear and buffs, um, head socks yeah. over my head. And after that, it ended up being quite warm. But there's some years where the where it's massive sandstorms, and other times it can be really cold. Other times it can be raining. Um, and what else? Are we have we got your medical kit in there. You've got a flare. You've got your GPS tracker, um, and that's pretty much all you've got. And but it it's the simplicity yeah. that's so beautiful, and you don't have to do anything out there, but just run run and sleep well, and, and eat eat your food and that's all you have to do and i assume they supply water is water is it yes yeah. they just supply water because that would be be a bit hard to carry yeah all, yeah all the would, water for the whole yeah because you certainly aren't you won't find it out there and um, so we at each checkpoint which would be i don't know like 10 k's apart or something i'm not quite sure you would get to 1.5 liters and your number was written on all the bottles and all oh, the caps all right so yeah. a lot of these races, your number's written on everything. So if that you get penalised if they find it lying out every anywhere, oh, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah that's fair great. enough, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and what about how did your feet hold up? Because I've seen some pretty <laughs> gory looking um, videos know. on YouTube of well, people's feet. I don't know feet. what happens out there. I didn't go to the medics, but. Um, I've still got my card at home that doesn't have any punch holes in it because oh, I hadn't gone to the medic. Good on you. Yeah, I think what they do, um, people, blisters are blisters and they suck, but yeah. they're blisters. And yeah. you can kind of, like if you're getting blister at home, you'd manage it. But sometimes mm. people in races go, I can't do this by myself. And you can. And having good blister management is a key to, I guess, a lot of this. But a lot of people went to see the medics. And what they did then, I'm not quite sure if they do now, but they cut your blister off. Right. So they took all the skin off. 
And so it was just raw. A raw, yeah. And exposed. And then they'd put some pink liquid on it. So you would you just saw people walking around camp in their flip-flops or something with this pink stuff all over their feet and oh. hobbling about. And my feet were covered in blisters. And I think that was because oh maybe my really poor taping. And um, I bought some shoes that were a size, like half a size too big, but that was on purpose yeah, because I was told the to swelling do that. Or the, yeah, but yeah. your feet don't really swell, so that was yeah, it didn't really like. I, so I'd say to people like mainly with trail shoes, you'd get a pair that's half a size up, just so you've got a bit of room mm. at the front um, on the downhill, and so for something like that, you don't need to go a whole size up. But I was still comfortable, but I think it perhaps caused me blisters. But they were not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Once you they kind were not of showstoppers. Up, they weren't showstoppers. <laughs> yeah. And how did you train for it? Because mm. it's it's specific terrain out there. It's yeah. obviously sandy. So how did you manage that? Well, at the time, I was living. We lived in Norwood, um, and I was working. I was oh, for, I was a lawyer then, so I was full time as a lawyer. So uh, my training would. L- during the week was around the Norwood area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know how often I got up into the hills really. And I knew that I should be down at the beach doing beach running, but sand sucked, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I'll barely just... did any at any sand running at all. I did a little bit, but I don't it would, it would never have been enough to get me sort of prepared for it. Um, but I guess the more important thing was the pack having the pack piled up yep. and running so I would get up on a Saturday morning I'd be knackered from work for yep. the week um I would make a coffee and then I'd watch a movie because <laughs> I wanted to tune out or watch something just to get my brain off the week and then probably about 10 or 11 o'clock I would say right now it's time That's to set it. off yeah and this was in summer so sometimes it was like 30 or 40 degrees so awesome for heat training yeah. but that was unintentional it was just that was the time I got mm. out the door um, and I would run I would run towards the linear track in near WOMAD mm-hmm. near the gardens there um, and I would run on the linear track all the way down to the beach and then sometimes get into the water, cool down a little bit, and then I'd run back again. And I would go past the golf course in North Adelaide mm-hmm. and stop in the shop there and get a really cold Powerade. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I loved it. I would never drink it now. but So I'd scull a Powerade and I'd put one other Powerade into my spare bottle and then, yeah, run home. And the thing was that what I was worried about was that when I would be out there I'd be dying for cold power because <laughs> that's what you trained with yeah yeah, yeah. but what they do it's on the um fourth on the fifth day so we always try and do the long day in one day mm-hmm. so you've got a whole day off and and a whole day off sounds awesome but often you're just sitting there going like you just you're just itching to get back out yeah. there again um, but the long day is really what makes you and what makes the race. Um, but we got a can of Coke. Oh, I good. I think we got something to eat, but I don't think we did. I think it was just a can of Coke that was warm, but mm. it was Coke. Yeah. And it actually wasn't as great as what... Yeah. yeah. Maybe because we didn't have much sweet stuff happening. Yeah. That it just, we drank it and went, nah. I, I was worried that I was going... Because I'd heard that we'd be getting a can of Coke, that I would scull it and crave more, but... But you didn't. But I didn't. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, And then how was the race 
um, the actual race compared to how you thought it was going to be? Was it, did it meet your expectations? Were you surprised? Was it harder? Was it easier? What did you um, think? Uh, I know I was pretty scared when I went out there and I think that was mainly the long day in the night time. Somebody had said to me, it'll change your life. And I went, I doubt it, but... <laughs> Running through the desert. Hmm. Yeah, I know what that's about. I'm like, why, why is it going to? I know, I know what I'm about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it blew my mind. I yeah, it absolutely so it blew it my mind. Exceeded your expectations. exceeded my expectations. Yep. It changed my life. Wow. I, I thought I was going to miss my children terribly out there, and that was going to really spook me that yep. I couldn't get back to them. And I didn't because I was so focused on what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I knew that they were fine and I was so, yeah, I was just so amazed at what I was doing, but I was so amazed what everyone was doing yeah. out there. And you know what? There's no, nobody to soup to or moan to or, Cause everyone or get accolades. Yeah. Doing was, the same. Yeah. Everyone's doing the same. So you couldn't play to anyone. So that yeah. was a really, really cool way to get set up kind of, yeah, yeah in the sport of not needing anyone's to say well done yeah. or are you okay or can I help out like you just don't have a need for that because we just didn't You're have all... it no one needed yeah. it out there so that was that was pretty special it sounds what I'm hearing and what I like the sound of is the complete simplicity of absolutely. it absolutely that's exactly just it yeah down to the yeah. bare minimum yeah you know? that's absolutely what that's absolutely what it is and that's why I often say to people to go out and women go out and run yeah one of yeah. these multi-stages and pick the right one yeah and something that you're drawn to like get really drawn to i guess marathon de Sable because that was a really well-known mm. and well organized well organized so that was pretty awesome um i've been on yeah so that yeah but it what all you have to, you're out there just looking after yourself you're not yeah. looking after anybody else yeah, and it's like say, you're saying the simplicity is amazing like when else do you get to do that because our lives are i think pretty complicated yeah when i agree yeah. i've got in my head all the time the lives of five people you know my myself my husband my three kids there's all there's so yes. much crammed in there yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and and yeah absolutely and as a mum you're going you're you've got the whole process going around the whole yeah. time. Like if somebody, like sometimes your kids might say to you, you're like thinking you're staring off into the wilderness, but you're actually like got a whole bunch of stuff yeah. tracking through there. Yeah. Like you're actually just, just filing at the moment, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Remembering what I need to buy at the shop or whatever. Yeah. There's always something going Looking on. Looking out for everybody. So when you get out there, when all you have to do is look after yourself, that's why women do so amazing out there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's almost a little bit sort of meditative isn't it yeah. like because you are just thinking about putting one foot in front of the other i mean i haven't done anything as um challenging as that i have done the lara pinta which is a four-day oh, stage race yeah. and beautiful i for all the reasons you it's not as hard because you you don't have to carry all your stuff you only it's just carry your, race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah what your what you need for the day um but gosh i love that just being out yeah. there in the bush and a lot of the time you are completely alone yeah because just the way the race sort of spreads out and oh i just loved it yeah and mm. it gives you like an excuse to go away yeah on yeah. your own so if there are like mothers out there and you feel guilty or don't feel like you can get away right get away just sign up for a race because that's a really <laughs> cool excuse to go like, it is and it's yeah it's, 
it's not like going to a sort of a luxury holiday no, where you might, you might, might feel guilty. It's, <laughs> yeah. You're actually achieving something. Yeah. It's very personal though, but you do come away you feeling... You come back like, better. Oh. And, and also... Yeah, and stronger. Yes, that's one of the things I love about these endurance races is it really puts you in a state of mind where you think, if I can do that, I can cope with other stuff yes. in my life. Yep, and also work out what stuff's not terribly important. Yeah, yep. yeah no, I totally agree. So I, one of the things I wanted to, along that um, line of thinking was when you are out there and it's tough and you're sort of in physical pain, <laughs> you go to this place mm. where if, if you were only thinking about your physical pain, you would stop, Yeah, but you can't stop because you have to get to the end and you don't want to stop. And, and so it becomes for me like this mental um, mind over matter thing. Yeah. And um, so do you experience that too? And Yeah, hugely. And yeah. I guess you would have particularly in Lara Pinta where you, you wake up tired and you've got to go again. Yeah. So I don't think, like in a single stage, people don't get that as much unless it's really, really long distance. Mm. But when it's getting up again, and I think that was the thing with a marathon de Saab, that you got up the next day, like you were sore and tired, your yeah. shoulders caned, but you had to keep going. And it was quite yeah. amazing that you could keep going. Yeah. So once you can do that, and you can do that, then that makes the rest of it easier. But um, going through, yeah, I think the things that have ever made me kind of want to stop, I guess, is if you're injured, but then I've been injured and kept going as well. But but knowing that I was going to be okay. Yes. But, um, yeah, you have to sort of push through. But also, I didn't really have many options to to not keep going. No, well, you're sort of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, quite and literally, you spend a lot really. of money on this yeah. stuff. And you, yeah, no, you can't and come back dream. to your family and go, I yeah, oh, bailed got on a that blister. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on <bailed>. day one. <laughs> yeah, they took me back to the hotel and I just kind of sat around and waited to the plane <laughs> oh, flight home. Oh, so angry with yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... When you are out there and and you're having a bit of a mental battle, is there something that you think of that makes you keep going? Like, do you think of your kids, or or do you not or nothing? Um, that's a great question. Um, there's been there's two parts to that. There's one part where I was in such a low place, I didn't think of anything. But when, usually when I'm out there, and I guess it comes back to the marathon de Saab again, when I look at the the people that I'm still really close with that did that race. Um, we've done lots of stuff together. Nobody's a drama queen in that group, or perhaps mm. if anybody was, we don't really see them anymore. But no one um, really, yeah, everyone's pretty tough and gritty. Yeah. And, yeah, no one's sort of out there seeking attention. And everyone's gone, has got their own, there's something special about everyone in a way or yeah. what they're able to do. So I often, that's probably the group that I think of. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're back home tracking me yeah and they're not soft about it they're like come on yeah keep going going. you can do it they know you can do it yeah definitely so often their words are in my head Mm -hmm. or there was at the marathon the side my friend kylie she i watched the way that she powered up a hill and i went whoa man she's just like that's incredible so i just thought oh i'm gonna try doing that channel kylie (laughs) yeah i'm gonna so i channel her and i've told her this i channel her on most races um, That's great. Yeah, thinking, yeah, that it's, I don't know, maybe it was the outsider looking at her and seeing how she looked. So mm. I start adopting that. So I become really good at powering up something or... Yeah, oh, so that's great. yeah, channeling somebody else is yeah. always really, really fantastic. Like channeling people who are strong, 
people that are backing you, yeah. not people that are critiquing you and giving a commentary about you or that the strong people in your life yeah. that are backing you. Yeah, think so of them. They're Only in them. your mind. Yeah, but I think that yeah, I think this is where your brain goes to anyway. Yeah. 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 And you did mention that you've had an injury. So have you had many injuries? Um after this? that was before the marathon de Saab, I had a stress fracture in my left calf. Mm-hmm. Or oh, no, that bit there. I'm pointing to the, the front, front, bit. Front, <laughs> front bit of my calf. Is like, we're yeah. lawyers. We're, yeah, we're, we're, lawyers. we're not doctors. Yeah. <laughs> the front bit. Yeah. <laughs> the front bit. Um, that, yeah, so maybe I went out a bit too quick after that marathon. So I'm quite mindful of that. But that's it. Every yeah. other injury I've had since then has been the dumb injuries, you know, running until running and not stretching or right. doing anything else until you felt pain. Yeah. So they were all the dumb. Yeah. And we can term that. Let's just call them the dumb, the dumb injuries. injuries. Yeah, so get... it sounds like you've got a pretty good routine going now yeah. to prevent that Definitely. kind of thing happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's for most people. Like, don't wait until you've got the injury. Yeah. Like, train. Yeah. yeah. Do that now. Like stretch, go to yoga, find Pilates, yeah. do something like, and that, because it's, it's being able to do this forever. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You want to keep going. Yeah. Run a little bit less and do yoga a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think also when you've been doing these long endurance events for a long time, you do build up some kind of um, resistance. Y- yeah. To it. You, I guess your body just, knows what to do definitely Mm. i've listened to some elites lately that some of them are like some of the best out there like their longest runs for 100 mile races would be three hours yeah interesting isn't it yeah Yeah. they've banked it it's just consistency consistency yeah 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 and then um let's just quickly talk about you we did a race in the amazon jungle (laughs) yeah and you said on your website you say the race sounds insane and it kind of does so it is insane it doesn't even exist anymore oh is that right so where was it like where did it was in brazil and the amazon so in the north up the very top of brazil okay so how did you even get there yeah we um i found somebody one of my mates who I got to know at the Marathon de Saab in the lineup to do our medical checks and gear checks and drop our bags, mentioned it, and I just said, right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're I'm, – I'm already excited to be here, so, yeah, let's plan the next one. Um, and so that was set up for the following year. We flew to – Sao Paulo in Brazil mm-hmm. and then had a few other little planes right to get us up to the top of Brazil and and Santarém and then to Alta de Cho um my bag was left in Sydney oh great good start yeah, <laughs> yeah so that wasn't fun but fine I the first time I saw my bag after I left it in Adelaide was on the beach at the base camp of where <laughs> I'm about to head off yeah um so that was a bit unsettling um kind of knew it was going to happen too because the plane we had to swap planes because of, and you just thought oh yeah, this is this, just all not feeling right this is not feeling right <laughs> yeah i don't think they've got my bag um so i guess what was crazy about that was and then comparing it to the marathon de Saab, just because and you know this is like <laughs> with lawyer heads and stuff and if you can do something the best way you do something the best way yeah yeah and you you have to do things sort of the best way so you go into one of these races and go no oh, they could have done this or they could have done that a little bit 
sort of different that the with in the marathon de sab you you would um you got access to a computer and you only had a certain amount of characters Mm-hmm. which was awesome because it just moved people on quickly yeah. from being on the emails. What, to write to your family we would write and to say, one person. I'm okay yeah. or yeah. And then often those people would then post that onto Facebook for everyone to see. Oh, it's cool. kind of pretty yeah. special for people That's to read idea. some of them. Yeah. yeah, you look back on some of the things you've written and it's pretty intense, it's mm. pretty raw. Um and then, but then people can write in and that's limitless. So that's pretty special oh, as lovely, well. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I went to a race in New Zealand and they didn't do it. And I went, dude, you're missing out an opportunity. One, that raw stuff about yeah. your race all over the internet is pretty amazing. Yeah. And receiving stuff, like in the absence of that, people are just going to get on their mobiles because it's New Zealand. And mm. like, yeah. we don't want that. So yeah. you better speak. But, um, but whereas in the jungle... Um, they, it was laptops and there was no limitations on it. So the people, the front runners, get in and just hold sit on it, them. sit on for ages and then come back. So then the back runners would come in and couldn't get on. Aww. Who kind of actually sometimes needed yeah. to, to vent a little bit on. They've obviously had a hard day yeah. if they've been out there for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of so just those little tweaks and things like that. But um, and then we'd often be around. We'd be in lots of local. They weren't really villages, but I guess they are villages. And just as in, it's pretty sparse. And the village people would be um, at our camps where we'd hang up our hammocks, and they'd always have food there. Whereas at the Marathon de Sable, there was no food right. in the bivouac. You just didn't see food. And all of the medical staff and the journalists, they just camped. They were. We couldn't see where their camp was. Whereas here, everyone was mingled together. So the locals would be eating all this food and the media people would be walking around with cans of Coke. It's and like, you would like, oh, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah, and the beginning days, it kind of gets really tough. And yeah. then when you get towards the end or you've gone through the long day and you've got the last day to go, you'd go, but you, none of you have got this. <laughs> like this yeah. feeling I've got inside of me now. That's true. This is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. But that was kind of pretty tough. But I guess the hard bit was um, on the long day. That The long day on that one was over 100 kilometres. <gasps> Far out. Yeah, it was too yeah. long. It was 110 k. That's what I mean. It doesn't need to be that long. Yeah. But I think the whole thing was she wanted to make it the longest. And I went, I said, I don't get that mentality. Mm. Um, because you got to hold on to those little sugar hits for just such a small amount of time. Hey, yeah. then somebody else, all somebody has to do is do one for 120. They're done. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty hard. And I came um, out of the jungle um into an aid station late at night with trench feet and tropical sores and i was awful you're not selling this (laughs) yeah no it was awful it was so bad my friends were there they'd dnf'd so my mate gave me a hug and gave me his headlamp because mine had just got too much water in it so that was a bit of a lifesaver that was the other thing with this one too you could get away with doing stuff like nicking your mate's headlamp mm. um whereas at the marathon de saab like everyone was pretty strict on yeah what you did yeah which is kind of cool but it, but then this one also showed another rawness to it as well which was even at the time you're looking at this race going it's not a smick or as well organized as a marathon de saab but then it offers something else because yeah. there's so many, we're complicated beings and we've we've got these different experiences to to look after different parts of our mental needs um so i 
had my feet looked after then and I still had 30 kilometers to go and I was more broken than I've ever been before. I don't think I could ever be that broken in a race because even if it's as bad as that, I've experienced it before Mm. and known I've gone through. But in that time, I found that um, there was no going through my head of, I'm not good enough for this or I'm not fast enough or I'm not strong enough or can I, you know, who do I think? None of that. I was so broken at the bottom, at the (laughs) bottom of my soul that all I was doing was moving forward. Just, just move forward. Shuffling along. Yeah, there was yep. no thought going on. I'd never been that low before. Wow. and But I've never got so much out of a race. But you finished it. But Yeah, and yeah. I finished. I never got anything out of it because of how hard and, and crazy it was. We were going through waterways in the middle of the night into big, big waterways near the Amazon. Um, Far out. In the middle of the night with no one else around. and that like sounds was pretty scary and dangerous, Dangerous, actually. yeah. There was all kinds of stuff in the water. Like, <laughs> I couldn't touch the bottom some... I mean, I'm little, but I couldn't touch the bottom sometimes. Yeah. And if anybody had gone under... And it's dark, you couldn't see them. Couldn't that see would be anything, it. Yeah. yeah. It does actually sound pretty dangerous. Did, did you have a sense... Did you know where you were going? Like, was... Uh, um, um, oh, well, I think there was one point. We did get into a checkpoint coming from the wrong direction. So obviously oh, the, okay. a guy and I were going the wrong way, but I don't know. I don't think yeah. that mattered. You did look around, not quite sure which river you'd crossed or yeah. whether the people on the other side of the river, you were going towards them or they were coming towards you. So that was – so I think being – I was with another guy. So being with somebody else was – was. Oh, I reckon it would be pretty essential in that situation. Yeah. But a lot of them – like. At these aid stations, they weren't aid stations, they were checkpoints, there would be a medic there, so they, and they were all from England, um, and they were beautiful, lovely, they were really cool people, mm. and there'd be one or two local people, and they wasn't often not a common language. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that English person, the medics, um, they had no idea how long they were even going to be out there for. Wow. They had yeah. no information. Um so we would all we would turn up not knowing really what was to what was ahead of us. Mm. Um, I would come in and stoke the fire because the English weren't very good at that. <laughs> so I would come in and sort of stoke the fire and dry off a bit of gear and just get a bit settled before we went on again. But I think so for all of us, it was all a bit. In the race director and it was AWOL. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it just wasn't super well organized, perhaps. No, but I think that kind of like sometimes it it. <sighs> It's hard because there's others that are crazy organised, but there's something really raw yeah, about this like though. It. Like I would, I wouldn't. Yeah, at the time it was like get me out of here, but I'm so glad I've had that experience yeah. though. I went to another one that was all kind of really neat and tidy, and I was just bored. Like I was just like, oh my god, I'm doing a week of not like I'm not. I haven't been scared all week. Yeah, like, <laughs> kind of, I don't have time for this. You've like, probably got a very high <laughs> threshold. Probably what's yeah. Something that would scare you would have to be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of yeah. It makes you well. It makes you feel alive. Yeah. And yeah. Otherwise, I'd just go off with a group of mates and yeah, do something. I mean, that's part of doing the race is that you've got someone at least somewhere checking yes. up. Someone knows you're out there. You're accounted for. Yeah. And I think there's some sort of safety in there. And when we came into the very last aid station, uh, sorry, the last camp. Um, and my friends were there. They DNF'd. Um, there was only a few, a few of us that had got through on that first day, but it was the next morning. And my friends, 
we were so emotional. My friend Richard grabbed my um, hammock and he goes, I've saved a spot for you. <laughs> like he <laughs> saved two trees for me. <laughs> and he had, he had my hammock next to his and put mine just up just slightly in front of his so that I had the better like beach view. Oh, that's sweet. Pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty, yeah, that was beautiful. I couldn't go into the water because my feet were So what's trenched. What's trench it's foot? when your feet get really soaked up and swollen oh. with water and it's really painful. My feet are still not super great since right. then, but I had tropical sort of sores in there, so I was weeping as oh, well. So when yikes. your feet are dry, they burn mm. like you're on fire and when you're in the water they sting like stingrays so you're never in a really good great way and I had awful rashes <laughs> down my legs I I had taken the this is a lesson I had um taken the cheap medi- um uh, malaria medication don't do that <laughs> take the best one I took the one and they said oh there might be some sun side effects and I went nah that won't happen I'll be fine yeah, I'll be Aussie fine. I'm, I'm an Aussie yeah. <laughs> so I ended up with these insane rushes down my leg when I was out there on the long day and I went in and I said look at this <laughs> it was awful that was my legs were red raw oh, and gosh. they would give me <laughs> One of the medics goes, I'm going to give you an injection. All right. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to be. I'm going to give you an injection. Do you want it in your arm or in your bum? And I went, well, where does it work quicker? And they went, it doesn't matter. Like, it's the same. And I said to him, but... But well, then why would you put it in my bum? Like, why don't you just stick it in my arm? Yeah, exactly. There's like a lot of people around here. <laughs> so he put it in my arm and then on my other arm in Texter, he wrote what he'd given me um, and how much just for the next people to see. And I've got <laughs> it's no like idea. like your medical chart Yeah, it was my medical arm. chart. And I had not, yeah, I had no idea what it was. So people would just, and so that was, that's the other thing that you've got with these medics. Like you don't know. You've got to trust, right? Yeah, absolute mm. trust. And I think that they could feel it too. They got something out of it because they could feel us absolutely. They were our everybody. That's all that yeah. we had. Um, and we didn't have that at the MDS. You didn't have that because you didn't need that so much. But out there, like they were our everybody's, and they, yeah, what's it going to? And then also another woman that was there with a the Japanese film crew, and we're really close still, and she's amazing. And she became kind of my person as well, like just asking certain things for like what's what's the terrain like mm. coming up, and they wouldn't know. And you go, but I need to know, like, yeah. what am I going through next? Yeah, and then at that last checkpoint when my, my hammock was put up and people were just sharing food. If there was food that I couldn't eat, I'd just be giving it. Like, yeah. i just put food everywhere because I just couldn't eat it. And my friend had scroggin and I was like, oh, my God, give me your scroggin. He'd yeah. left. Here's money. You go buy beers for yourself and I want your scroggin. Like, yeah, that, see, that's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. That sense of community. And, and the, the trail running scene does have a really good sense of community, I Yeah, find. I think so. Like when you're out there at your worst place, you do yeah people look out for each other people are kind yeah i think it brings out kindness Mm. in people um because you can't really have an ego out there no yeah it's it's really lovely to see egos dissipate out there they can be there at the start with people and that's why one of the reasons i really love the long distance because by the next day it's it's gone. I it mean, there is. are some that can be turds towards the end, but you can't help some of them. There's not many of them. They're few and far between. Yeah, I think so but, too. But most of them are 
yeah, you see this realness of people yeah. out there, which is pretty special. It's all paired back. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's probably the most special part. Yeah. About I, the camaraderie that's out there. In fact, when I did the um, Lara Pinter, the, um, I ended up running with two two guys. Um, we were about the same pace. You, you tend to gravitate towards people that, you know, run at the same yeah, pace. Yeah, yeah. And we, uh, this was about four years ago now, and we we follow each other on Strava, always commenting. They're always the first to, you know, give me kudos on whenever yeah, I do anything. And I know, it's a bond. Yeah, and we laughed so much out yeah. there. We just had fun. And that makes the time pass as well, yeah. you know, when you're running and you're having a bit of a laugh as well. So. It's a pretty special, that bond, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it's part it's of great. your tribe. And they, and you don't get into really pedestrian conversations either. Like there's, like with some other friends, you might get into sort of more pedestrian yeah. sort of stuff. You don't do that with these people. Do you, you know, one thing I love about that kind of event is that ultimately you sort of you think I've been running with these guys for three days and I don't even know what they do as a job. I know because How it's cool kind of that? irrelevant. Yeah, you know? you're just talking about just life and stuff and yeah isn't it nice when the yeah. occupation doesn't mean anything it doesn't really matter what mm. you do you don't really care yeah it's sort of you have this natural bond because you're you're putting yourself through this and you most people like being out in nature and all those yeah. things mm. yeah and they're at your pace they're, yeah. they're, they're your person when they're at your pace we've talked a lot about running these amazing races and let's talk about your shop so BKT. it's called bkt trail so you better first tell everyone what, what does BKT mean? BKT stands for best known time. Absolutely. And the idea is to not necessarily go out there and make it your fastest known time. Go out there and have your best known time. So not so much in a race environment, yeah. but when you're going out there to run any trail track route out there and a lot of people are doing this um not in a race condition just yeah. on their own and they're doing it as a fastest known time which is awesome and i think there's more and more people are going to do it yeah all around the world which is brilliant it's so cool and a lot of people and it is really kind of a heads down like let's get there as fast as we can so the, this concept of best known time is go out there um, and have your best known time. So still train hard yeah. and give it your everything. But exactly all those things we've just spoken about of finding your tribe, finding yep. your people, getting lost in those moments and finding yourself, going out there and having your best known time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I, I know what fastest known time is. I wasn't quite sure what the best was, but now I get it. Yeah. Um, so you were a lawyer, as was I, and um, you've obviously transitioned away from that now you've um you're doing something that you love yeah and I, I love it when someone's career and their passion are mixed in together so what made you made make the leap from being a lawyer sort of a fairly you know well-paid predictable kind of profession to setting up your own business yeah. well, it all happened very quickly so I was living uh, not far from where the store was and I was walking back from the gym one day and the, and I'd always sort of thought how great it would be to have a trail store yeah. um, in Adelaide and every town, every trail needs a trail store. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of them, like plenty of trail stores around the world, just not a lot um, in Australia and none in South Australia. And um, I saw a note on a window of a storefront um, 
indicating that the people who had been in there had moved locations. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Love Day Financials. Yes. They'd taken over from the um, his wife who had the florist there. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, that was on a Wednesday. So, of course, being a commercial lawyer, I found the agent and rang them up <laughs> and had an agreement to lease by the Friday and came home and said... So it was pretty quick. It was quick. And I think that is the law background that you go, yeah. well, I know how to make all that work. And, and doing commercial law, I know how to make business yeah. work. Um, I did lots of corporate governance with boards. I know how yep. to make... Yeah, I know, I know how to fix problems. I know how to avoid problems. And I know how to run things properly. So I kind of had all that. And, and as a trial runner, I know how to do that. Part. And you knew what gear and what gear because yeah. it was more yeah from all the big events and multi-stages I guess I'd been on I knew really what the breadth of the gear was that we'd yeah. need and then the hairdressers not, it became I had heard that she was leaving ah. so I had a, ch- a chat to Melina and she said well this is the owner of this one because half the store is owned by somebody else yes. with different agents <laughs> So I contacted them, and they're all awesome. So both mm. both the landlords and both the agents are really, really lovely people. Um, and I said, look, I want both, and I want to put a hole in the wall. Um, and that, yeah. Done. It was done. Yeah. It was pretty, yeah, they were really cool about it. They just love the idea of something good happening in there. Yeah, it's it's actually a great size, isn't it? Because yeah. it's big enough that you've got a lot of products, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah, mm. and that, that's filled up with stuff that's not necessarily conducive to what we're doing out there. Yeah. It's sort of extra stuff that you start, which is, yeah, because there's, I mean, we've got some really great outdoor stores um, oh, around yeah. in Adelaide and Rundle Street. Rundle Street's Rundle full Street's of them. Amazing. So you can go, so you can get everything down in Rundle Street, and we were never doing anything to compete with them and don't want to compete with them. So they've got all of your more hardcore... Well, it's more the trekking... The trekking, ...experience, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they've got all that really serious... Yeah, super and camping more, gear. Yeah, and, and technical sort of stuff yeah. there, whereas we're all super lightweight. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah no, it's not, definitely a different yeah, market, You'll get a, a really lightweight, waterproof rain jacket from us, but mm. you'll get the heavier, Heavy stronger, duty. Ma- mountaineering yeah. rain jacket from them. Yeah. And so if someone... Um, wanted to start trail running and they hadn't done it before what would you say is the essential equipment uh a great mindset (laughs) (laughs) love what you do don't make it a chore Mm. love it so don't do it for any other reason but that you just want to go out there and find some endorphins yeah don't do it for weight loss because i just see people that just give themselves such a hard time. Yeah. The they way, take that the if fun you, out of it. They take the fun out of it. Like all that stuff happens if you just keep running. So make sure you enjoy it. But in terms of gear, um, a pair of trial running shoes mm. is great. So most trial running shoes are all neutral. So yeah. that so put come and put on a pair that feel really comfortable on your feet and make you want to go. Um, a good pair of socks, of course, like your cheap socks are going to be fine, but you will find that they get a little bit sweaty and yeah, yucky. And that- it's more likely to give you blisters. Yeah, then. definitely. Mm. So good socks is good. Running gear. Um, if you get some good running clothing, you'll feel great. But you can run in whatever you yeah. want. I mean, the Tara Mahara running like what I'm wearing today, yeah. which is a skirt and a button-up <laughs> shirt. <laughs> they actually, this is kind of their outfit, <laughs> except for yeah, their shoes are more yeah enclosed than what I've got on. 
Um, so that's not de- necessarily essential. It's just really comfortable mm. and nice and moisture wicking. Um, and then something, if you're going out there a little bit longer, and this is for anyone that's hiking and fast packing or running, walking, um, hydration vests is great. Yeah. Um, and they're different to what most people are used to. Um, no, I won't say any brands, but um, these the vests that you can get now feel like a piece of clothing. Yeah, they're so comfortable. Yeah, they feel great. They become part of your gear. And I think I'm really attached to gear. I think, again, from the marathon to SARP, like this is the stuff that's with you for a week and now yeah. it's with you all the time. So it's your gear. Your, your pack, your vest is your gear. I mean, I've got lots of vests. I would often get a vest depending on what race I had because yep. I love to race as light as possible. So if I've got a race that's got virtually no mandatory gear or I don't need any gear, then I'd be looking for something that doesn't the hold much gear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people out there won't care. They'll just carry what you might can only have one pack or are happy carrying a pack that's one size fits all yeah. in terms of gear. Well, I had one pack for nearly 10 years actually. Awesome. So I took it everywhere. Um, I know, it's great. Just for people that don't know, mandatory gear is a list of stuff that you have to have on you and they do spot checks and if you get caught without the gear, I mean, it could be like a, what is it, a rain jacket. Um, Sometimes you need to take... gloves. Yeah. Sometimes you need those silver kind of blankets. Yeah, 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 your thermal blanket. Yeah, all that stuff. So, um, And it's really great habit to get into. Like you love your mandatory gear. Like yeah. I've been on races where I've used all my mandatory gear. Oh, really? Yeah, so mandatory gear is super, super important. Yeah. And But love it. Like love being responsible for yourself. Yeah, yeah. When don't see it there, as an imposition. Yeah, def- and don't look to other people to help you out. Be out there and be, yeah, be responsible mm. for yourself. It's, it's character building. <laughs> and the other thing that I love about running, just back to sort of essential gear, is I always think it's such an egalitarian sport because really at the end of the day, if you just have a good pair of shoes, you can do it. Because when I look at triathlon, it is insane. Yeah, of course. you know, there's so much gear you need. It can be so expensive. People spend, you know, thousands on their bikes and there's just so much kit. But running, it's like, you know what? You really don't need to spend a lot. You can, but you don't need to. No, absolutely. And if you've got, I mean, except for maybe kept Jogi, yeah. <laughs> but he still is kind of like the fastest man out there at that distance. But if you've got really nothing on you and you turn up, um, sometimes it's genetic, sometimes it's your training, but that will get you through. But I can imagine sometimes with a bike that having the lightest bike can be yeah. quite more, like if you've got a couple of people that are pretty much the same in terms of ability on a bike. The, the bike, one with the better bike will yeah, win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You don't have that with running. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's just you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the shoes are really important, but they won't make you get to the podium. No. If you haven't trained to be on that's that podium. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of shoes, I notice in your shop you've got the on-running shoes, and I've been eyeing them off for a while because I've heard a bit about them. So... Can you tell us a bit about their the backstory of those? On running has been I think the first shoes hit the market in two thousand and ten. So they haven't been around that long, but have really pardon the pun, hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, and they've got predominantly road shoes, um, with a trail option and now a hiking boot option. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. they're a Swiss brand and sort of mm. their birth 
from in Zurich yeah. um, with three mates that got together and with a running background who wanted to make something that and this is often can happen with some brands of athletes saying I there's not a shoe out there that fits me yeah. the way I want it to fit me I'm going to go make a shoe and that's the story of on um and they're different from any other shoe that you'll see out on the market from their soles which um, the cushioning on the bottom of the shoes, which they called clouds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And their idea around that is that you get um, a soft cushioned landing. Mm. Yeah. But you get a more explosive takeoff, a firm takeoff. Okay. And these, the the lugs underneath are mm, soft in that they're, you can move them around a little bit. Okay. So they've got sort of cushioning, so it's vertical and horizontal. So it kind of moves with the terrain underneath you. All right. Yeah, and then firms up as you take off. Have yeah. you tried them? I have, and I've got a pair of Cloud Flows. That I, I'm just, yeah, I wear them every day. Um, in I run with them, but wear them every day pretty much in the store. Yeah. And I don't get home and need to desperately take my shoes off, yeah. which oh, is good. a sign of a really good shoe. Yeah. I love our staff wear them, and they love the flows as well Mm. um yeah and obviously the cloud ventures which are really comfortable most people that have got them on put them on straight and love the shoes when they put them on yeah and then work on then they they may go to another shoe but um yeah it's very loved do you have a favorite running shoe uh, no, look, I'm, I'm really lucky. Well, no, it's not luck. <laughs> I invested in all of this, but um, that to try on lots of shoes. Yeah, you have to, don't you? Yeah, and it's I, part of your job. Yeah, I'm mm. not. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm never ever going to be the kind of person that sells you a pair of shoes to give you all the talk about what the shoes made out of and why it's good for you. More, what I love is how that shoe feels yeah. for me when I'm out there. So that there's a few shoes out on the shelf that I haven't tried, which it concerns me because I it's I want to know what a shoe feels mm. like when I sell the shoe or what that what the brands like. I've yeah. tried all the brands though, so um they're probably all the shoes. So every brand i've got i love yeah all those so you're shoes. quite selective then about which brands we bring you bring in, in. Yeah, yeah there's bunches of brands and more mainstream brands that we don't bring in we mm. just really invest in the brands that we do have yeah so i will run in a number of minimal shoes like silconi yeah. and i love um, silconi yeah yeah salomon i love salomon's fantastic yeah. i run in their kind of more middle distance yeah. shoes and a bit longer which i adore um and la sportiva they've got a minimal shoe the helios which just makes me happy oh, okay i haven't tried every that time one. Yeah, yeah every time i put them on i love it and then there's topo which is also tony post from america okay i haven't heard of that yeah, one either that's they're amazing and they've um he was the same an athlete that wanted to design a shoe um that was around more natural feeling mm-hmm. for a person all of their shoes are wide toe box so okay. that's pretty amazing so they're kind of my go-to yeah when but, I'm i mean doing that's good for things. trail running yeah. isn't it Absolutely. Mm. I did a miler recently in New Zealand and a friend of mine said, do you want to take your shoes off and put your Birkenstocks off and we go and have breakfast? And I went, oh, I guess I could. My feet were still that comfortable. Yeah. So that's kind of a really good sign. So, yeah, a lot of people are a bit scared to sort of move and, like, some people might want to stay with the same shoe forever and that's really cool. Like, that's their shoe and yeah. they feel really great on it. But don't, yeah, get scared by I like trying different yeah, shoes. And um, I also agree that I reckon you – you pretty much know when you put them on yeah well, I, that's the experience i've always had I with running so shoes i i put them on and i'm like 
no, this isn't the one and I'll try another one and yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, Solomon said with that Ultra Pro, it won't feel as Goldilocks and as cushioned and lovely as maybe what the center I would as soon as you put it on. But once you get out there for like 20Ks or something, that's when the shoe will come to life and yeah. become your shoe. But, and sorry, I put it on and went, no, I don't know, I don't know. But then I think within about one or two kilometers, it was like, this is my shoe. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, mm. you, but I agree, you know, when you put it on, yeah. trust yourself. Like, there's so much information out there, there's so much commentary out there. Yeah, there is. Get back to basics. Trust yourself. You've got to trust your head. You've got to drown that yeah. out a bit. I Otherwise, think so too. it's confusing. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of confusing, I know one area that that can confuse people is uh, running nutrition. Yeah. And I'll just quickly say it's a really vital part of an endurance race because if you don't get it right, you can either hit the wall or bonk or you can get some kind of GI distress and either of those things can totally derail a race. And if you've done lots of training, that can be devastating. So Getting your nutrition right is really important and you have to practice that, obviously. But if someone comes into your shop and asks you, what what do you say to them? What do you recommend? Uh, we've got a number of brands that we really believe in. So I talk them through all of what all of the different brands are and what the different products are. You mean are. gel brands or? Uh, yeah, um, gel brands but um, and electrolytes yeah. um, and everything. So I get, I, and I really think deeply sort of more about what brands that we get in. I think people really need to make this something that they're really interested in. Yeah. So read. Like yeah. there's so much literature out there and I know we've just said don't listen to everything, but I mean like read the people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, find some really great podcasts or find some really good books, find the science behind it. And also like, yeah, like there's there's a lot out there where it can be to people talking about, more, you know, keto diets or, you know, like they're the high fat, low carb yeah. diets or people on, yeah, like you've got to be mindful of some of, you know, what you're reading and what yeah. you're listening to. But if you, I, I, I think that if you're going to be an endurance runner, then part of what you also need to do is to want to read the literature and yeah. know, know what you're doing and play around with it. Like, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and it takes me, like I change what I'm doing all the time and I'm just constantly trying to figure it out. I'm figuring out what works for me. And I think a lot can have to do with what you've grown up with. Yeah, what your body is used that to. That sounds what you sensible. Can, yeah, mm. what you can handle. Because there's people that can handle really sugary, watery drinks, and there's others that can't. And mm. I know that women and men are very different. Yep. And I know that from my customers. Yeah, and body size makes and a body massive size. difference in how much you sweat. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, and how fast you're going, and where you're going. Yeah, and what's the temperature yeah. like? Yeah, it's definitely a trial and error thing. Um, and it, as you said, it is so important because it's kind of. I think some people discount how important it is yeah. and do all this training and then if you just get that even a little bit wrong, it can wreck your race. Absolutely, And I really believe that, that your nutrition is part of your race. So when you're, yeah. when you're out there, your mindset and your physical training and your hydration, nutrition, they're all connected. You yep. can't say I was going brilliantly, but my gut you know or but my injury they're all connected if you've got an injury you may not have been maintaining yourself properly or yeah. if your gut's sore you got to own that like, yeah and the other thing is when you're out there on a long run you need to eat 
more to your watch than yes. than anything else like because you don't often feel like it when no, you're running but you're yeah. like oh, okay 45 minutes it's time for a gel or Definitely. whatever it is so we do that i mean it's a lot easier i think in a marathon like i would you probably don't need much in a marathon do you yeah i used to take a gel every 40 minutes i mm. think i read that and so i just took a gel every 40 minutes and it worked and that mm. was kind of worked between the aid stations and everything always went great for, yeah that worked I think it worked um, and then it can get like you say a bit messier on the trails or in an ultra because you could be climbing or walking or hiking yeah. and doing different things but getting those electrolytes in like there's you there needs to be something in your system these are for long you know for races you need something in your system before you start and then you need something in your system um, every hour if, if it's liquid nutrition like just be sipping away at it constantly yeah yeah yeah, I like the gels because for me that's more measurable. Like I know yeah. exactly how much I'm having and um, and I think the sweet stuff after a while, if you're constantly sipping a sweet drink, it, it can make you feel a bit sick um, yeah. for me. But, you know, that might be different no, for someone else. No, I think else. so too. And I think some people will say that if you're taking a sip of this drink um, consistently and you can do that for hours upon hours upon hours and days in fact – um, and sure, your system can probably handle that mm. and it might be best for your system. But if you're somebody, like you're saying, that you can't take in that sweet, yeah. there's going to be a problem. Mm. You, you can't convince the brain, which the brain's also doing lots of stuff like fighting off fatigue, fighting off bad thoughts and fighting off a bunch of other stuff like you ever tried working to do a, out where to go working if out, you're yeah, me if, yeah, if you've ever tried to do a math problem out there no it can't work that's how much your brain's just not working out there so then have to deal with not being able to take something in um and i have that same problem i'm just not very good with sweet drinks yeah some of the um gels on the market now are less sweet yeah um, there's some amazing gel yeah. spring energy is pretty amazing i haven't tried that one i saw that in your shop the yeah, other day Love spring that mm. comes out from america and that's like um some of the there'd be like basmati rice um different organic fruit nuts some's got hemp oil some has caffeine some has oh, a bit cool. of pea protein they're all vegetarian some of them are have um honey in them the rest of maple syrup i think they're going all maple syrup and there's only but maple syrup's way down the list so it's not the yeah. first ingredient so they're delicious um and then pure is pretty amazing as well because that's mainly australian new zealand fruit in there so oh, cool. that's not a massive hit either yeah and then morton which is huge yeah. like that's such a boom and that is that is the highest sugar but that's going to give you energy yeah mm, like yeah. yeah you're going to be bouncing off the walls yeah. with that stuff so that's got its role as well yeah yeah like sometimes i feel like i should be selling it out the back like <laughs> shh, <laughs> <the> back. it's <laughs> amazing oh, cool um so i guess we've been speaking for so long now because it's so interesting i could talk to you forever but i think we should probably start to wrap it up i just want to talk uh, finally about the link between well-being and yeah. running because this is a well-being podcast I've said before on several podcasts, it's, it's quite well known the link between um, movement or exercise and physical health. But what's also really interesting to me is the link between um, movement and mental health. Yes. So do you think that there is a link between, um, well, specifically trail running and mental health? Yes, 100%. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm. The, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you can also, yeah, there's lots of runners who can't run and they get depressed, so it can actually create mental health issues as well. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, that's, it's hard when you've kind of, yeah, you love your endorphins, you're not getting them anymore. But um, the having that blood flow through your body mm. um, and being, so that helps, and then also having the endorphins. So you've got a couple of wins there. You're feeling strong, you've got endorphins, um, blood flowing flying through your body so that's all physical and that feels really really wonderful but when you're out in the wild and the wild can just be just up on these local trails here um it's not you know the wild being not built up areas that it's beauty like it's not we're so caught up so much in what we're seeing on screens these days and there's such a disconnect that i think more and more people are heading out to the trails because ultimately we all want to actually be connected so we're looking at screens and social media connections, even though it's the thing it's that our real inner connection, br- is no, it? our inner brain is actually not wanting us to be there. Like yeah. this is this is kind of really common sense, but so yeah, being out on the longer distance and being out on the trails takes you away totally from the away. things that are that are disconnecting you to things that are connecting you, even though you could be out there on your own. Yeah, one of the things I think too is that. When you are out on the trails, um, particularly if you're alone, you really have to concentrate on where you're putting your feet and you're looking around you the whole time. So your brain doesn't have room for much else. And so I think just that very being so in tune with what you're doing with your body yeah. and not thinking about anything yeah, else. Yeah, it's magic. It's simple. Yeah, we it's keep very, getting back yeah, to that. It's the simple. It's what we we crave, simplicity yeah. and beauty. And that's, and that's good for your mental health, sounds. isn't it? You yeah. Just, yeah, it just it's back to the elements. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we recommend it everybody. Even if you walk, you don't have yeah, to run. Yeah, no, walking's just, awesome. Like yeah. that's what I said to my partner the other day, he's a downhill mountain biker, and I said, Babe, do you reckon? <laughs> like, would you be happy to go hiking? Because we just get all these really, really wonderful people in the store that are off to do a number of different things, but predominantly the Camino. And so it's starting to just soak into my pores. And yeah. I said to him, like, would you be keen like, <laughs> to do a hike? And he gets a bit scared when I suggest anything. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> given what you've done. And he goes, I guess I could do something for three or four days. And I'm thinking like weeks. But you know that once he starts, he's, of course it's great because it's pretty amazing. And there's yeah. little huts and food places. I said, there'd be like incredible. plenty of places to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So I do, a lot of people do come into the store and say, they look at the shoes because they don't necessarily want a boot or a hiking boot but they want a trail lightweight trail shoe and they always say no I'm not a runner and I just wish they would stop saying that because it doesn't that we're not a trail running store we're a trail, trail store. store it's all things out there whatever yeah. your movement is like I run because I love it but if like looking at some of these people hiking like in Switzerland and yeah, there's a couple and they dogs and I they're going both. to different huts mm. yeah me too yeah anything is good like yeah. don't worry about this comparison stuff like this get out there and enjoy it and just finally i ask all my guests if you could recommend two things Mm. that all people could do to improve their well-being what would they be meditate yep and eat i'm not gonna say well i'd like to say a plant-based diet but meditate but eat holistic food yeah whole foods yeah yeah eat whole foods and Mm. meditate 
Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for coming on my thank podcast. Thank you. It's Beth, wonderful I chatting loved, with you. Um, I love the idea of a well-being podcast. That's everything. Love chatting about all this running yeah. stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And that was Beck Butler, trail lover and owner of dedicated trail shop BKT Trail. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And there's also an online shop for people that don't live in South Australia. And I'm about to conduct a small experiment. After listening to Beck talk about the Marathon de Sable, I really, really want to do it. It sounds amazing. So I'm announcing it here and I just want to see if my husband listens to this. Chris, did you hear? So anyway, I'll keep you posted. So thank you for listening. You can subscribe to my podcast, Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, click on the bell to be alerted when new episodes are available. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Direct links to all social media can be found on the subscribe page of my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com. If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website. And please feel free to suggest topics you'd like to learn more about and people you'd like to hear interviewed, and I'll do my best to deliver that to you. Producing the podcast is a labour of love. We put in a lot of time, money and effort behind the scenes. So if you enjoy Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast and would like to make a contribution via Patreon, PayPal or by Amazon to help ensure we continue to provide you with excellent content, please visit the Contribute page on my website. Finally, please take a minute to leave a rating on iTunes. It improves visibility, it helps people find the podcast and it will help me source excellent guests. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.